Greetings, creeps, and welcome to my podcast, This House is Haunted. Over the next several weeks, I'll be sharing my personal experience of having spent two years in a haunted house in eastern Kentucky. Due to the spooky nature of this podcast, I recommend you keep the youngins under 13 out of the room while I take you into a world filled with things that go bump in the night. The remainder of that first day in the house, I stay busy. If you're busy, you tend not to notice things like cold spots, phantom smells, and menacing shadows. My sister and I were sharing a bedroom, so we worked on getting our prized pound puppies out of the boxes they'd been transported in and just generally settling into our new space. Daddy helped getting our beds assembled and other furniture placed in the room before going back out to help with Mom with moving things around in the living room. Our bedroom was in the middle of the house, which meant we had no windows. There was a door on each side of the room, making it so that you could walk through our room quickly to get from one side of the house to the other without walking through the playroom. As time wore on, I was more and more grateful for the opportunity to not walk through the playroom, but I digress. I had mixed feelings about being in the middle of the house. On one hand, I didn't like how isolated it would feel with the doors shut. The lack of windows made the room feel small and tomb-like. On the other hand, It wouldn't take much for me to be able to sneak out and swipe the odd Oreo here and there, and we were very close to Mom and Dad's room, which meant it would be easy for me to sneak in there on nights when my nightmares showed up. Oh, the nightmares. I'd been having them for as long as I could remember. The very first one I can recall was about my mamma. In the dream, she was sitting alone in the cold and dark room, I could hear her moaning. I could see a shadow of what appeared to be her in the living room. As I moved closer to her, she began getting sick and wasting away in front of me. Once I was close enough to touch her, she turned to ash and blew away as soon as my hand made contact with her delicate wrist. Ash swirled around the room, filling my mouth, my eyes, and suffocating me until I woke up, my blankets twisted around me as if I'd been turning in circles for hours. I don't remember screaming at the top of my lungs, but my mama said it had jolted her from a deep sleep. She had ran into my room, my little sister cowering in her own bed, and crying for the fear of not knowing what was going on. Mom turned on the light switch, saw that there was no immediate danger, and knelt down in the middle of our twin beds. I flung myself into her arms, inconsolable and sobbing into her chest. 
She lifted me and sat us both down in the recliner facing the window of our old house. My sister followed along and sat on the other side of her lap. She rocked us gently, humming a tune she had sang to us for as long as I could remember. Mama's little baby girls. Mama's little baby girls. The comfort of her song slowed my sobs, and it wasn't long before I heard my sister snoring quietly next to me. I continued to cry, remembering the horror of watching my mamaw disintegrate in front of me, but my mama's voice was there to pull me back from those thoughts. It was only a dream, baby. It can't hurt you. You're awake, and you're with me now, and you know I'd never let anything happen to you, she crooned, still rocking me gently. I took a deep breath, feeling the heat of my flushed cheeks having transferred to the spot of mom's chest I was leaning against. The dream felt so real. I ran my tongue along the backs of my teeth, half expecting to taste ash grit from being surrounded by it in my dream. I shuddered and looked up into my mama's sleepy eyes. This dream was so bad, mama. It felt so real. I couldn't breathe from all the dust. Mom patted my back and kissed my forehead. Dreams can be very scary, but they are just dreams. There's no dust now, is there? Do you want to tell me what it was about? I shook my head in agreement that I did want to share and said, Mama, I saw Mama blow away. She looked really sick. I tried to hug her and she blew away. The fear of the memory made me panic again and tears once again flowed hotly down my cheeks. Mama continued to rock me, holding me close and still humming the lullaby to me and my sister. My breathing slowed and I could feel sleep tickling the lids of my eyes when I felt something wet slide down my cheek. I looked up to find my mama silently crying as she held me close. When I asked her what was wrong, she patted my back and asked me to close my eyes and go back to sleep. I could feel a sadness emanating from her and something else. Fear. Her body felt more tense as if she was startled. Even at that young age, I could feel others' emotions and the fear leaked into me too making my heart begin to beat faster once more. Remember, Mama, it was only a dream, like you said, and dreams can't hurt us. With my hand twisted in the folds of her nightgown, the adrenaline leaving my body, I slipped back into a dreamless sleep. The next morning, I heard my parents talking at the kitchen table in hushed tones. It was still pretty early, and my sister and I were notorious late sleepers. So I had been tiptoeing to grab one of the juice boxes from the fridge to tide me over until breakfast. When I heard them speaking, I instinctually slowed down to see if they were talking about grown-up stuff that I would otherwise not be privy to listen to. I could hear my mom crying quietly, and I felt fear slip back into my mind my breath quickening. 
Earl, it was like she already knew. She saw Mom turn to dust and blow away. How is that possible? She said in breathy whispers. My dad was holding her hand across the simple wooden table we had inherited from his parents. He had a look of concern, but he was not crying. He looked, was that fear? My daddy was afraid of very few things growing up on a working farm, so to see even a hint of fear in his face gave me pause. Don't talk about it, Vaughn. Not to anyone, especially the girls. It was just a dream. There was no way she could know. It was just a little kid's dream. Mom was looking at him as if confused. But Earl! Daddy cut her off. No, Vaughn. That's the only explanation. She's just a little girl. He released Mama's hand and walked around the table until he was standing in front of her and then knelt beside her. He took her hand again and kissed it softly and my Mama looked sadly into his eyes. Don't tell anyone about this. People get the wrong idea, tongues start wagging, and then the girls suffer because of it. Mama nodded, squeezed Daddy's hand, and then stood up and shook her head as if clearing her mind. I better get breakfast going. The kids will be up soon, and they always expect biscuits and gravy on the weekend. And with that, she walked to the kitchen as if nothing had happened. I went back to the room I shared with my sister and closed the door and cried not knowing why I felt so heavy. If it was just a dream, why did everyone seem so sad? The following week, my parents shared that my grandmother had lung cancer and we would be moving to Kentucky so that Mama could help take care of her. I'll never forget Mom looking directly at me as she said the words lung cancer. It felt like the floor had disappeared and I was falling through space and time. Blowing away. We were all blowing away now. I didn't cry, but I felt like something had been taken from me with the news. Cancer was scary. I'd heard about it on TV and my parents talked about my uncle Eugene having died from cancer, but I never got to meet him. It made people sad, and it was terrible, and ate people from the inside out. The memory of that dust in my mouth resurfaced, and I shuddered, thinking what the future might hold. So here we are in Kentucky in a house that doesn't feel like any home I've ever been in with shadows and places they should not be and smells that couldn't exist wafting through the rooms. With the setting of the sun on that first night, the feelings of foreboding intensified. Mom had gone to stay with Mamaw since it was our first night back in Kentucky and my aunt had been staying with her for several days and could use the respite. This was the reason we had moved to Kentucky, and it felt wrong to say, I felt some cold spots and saw a shadow earlier. Can you stay home, Mommy? As a sensitive, I knew how much it meant to my mother to spend this first night taking care of Mamaw. 
Empaths are faced with growing up very quickly and handling the emotions of others, which essentially help protect our own energy. And it becomes one of the first skills you develop for self-preservation. Even as a young child, I felt a need to make life easier for those around me. If that meant facing a night without my mother's comforting embrace in this new place that was scaring me, I was willing to hide my own fear. She left shortly before sundown, giving my sister, brother, and I all a kiss on the forehead just before walking down the steps to the covered carport. I stood silently on the porch and watched her back down the driveway until she was no longer in sight. Startled, I realized the sun had nearly dis- disappeared behind the mountain beside our house. It was so quiet here. Usually, even in winter, we heard birds singing in the trees by our old house. But there was no bird song, no chipmunks in the trees, no wind just silence ringing in my ears. I turned, ready to walk through the front door, when I heard something that sounded like a woman screaming somewhere far away. I hesitated, thinking it must be one of our neighbors from down the hill fooling around. It hadn't sounded like the type of caterwauling my sister and I engaged in when roughhousing. Who was I to judge? I was standing very still, my ears straining to hear any other sounds that might justify my notion of it just being the sound of new neighbors. One minute, two minutes passed, and then the scream happened again. This time, it seemed to be coming from the hill beside our house and was much closer. There was no way it was a person. That hill was a pretty good hike. And even an athlete like my brother wouldn't have been able to make it that distance in the seconds it had taken to move closer. I felt my skin crawl and the curiosity that held me captive just a moment before disappeared and left in its wake raw fear. And I rushed in and slammed the door behind me. I stood there, my breath coming in shallow waves when my brother walked into the room and gave me a curious glance. Why are you breathing so hard? He asked nonchalantly as he opened the fridge and pulled out the milk and set to pour himself a glass. My heart was still racing and I stammered. Didn't you hear that? Someone was screaming out there and it sounded like they were coming straight to the house. I was leaning against the door, half collapsed with my shaking knees. The adrenaline of the moment was passing and I was left in the wake of uncertainty and fear. Wayne stood there, not commenting, staring at me, sipping the milk he had just poured for several seconds before saying, Well, we ain't the only folks in the neighborhood, so I suppose it's just someone fooling around outside. Lord knows you and sis aren't quiet when you're horsing around. I stood staring at him, unable to articulate the throaty, guttural nature of that scream as if something terrible was happening to someone and they needed our help. I ain't never screamed like that. It sounded like someone was hurt or something was scared of being hurt. (laughs) My words trailed off 
and I realized in horror that Wayne was walking purposely toward the front door. Let me see what's out there so we can have some peace tonight. He reached for the doorknob and I swatted his hand away instinctually. He looked at me like I'd gone over the cuckoo nest and said, Tina, get out of the way. I can't hear anything from in this house. I kept leaning on the door, shaking my head and said, don't go out there. It was getting close. But Wayne, being a teenage boy, had outgrown his fear of the dark. He watched horror movies for fun and nothing seemed to scare him besides the girls he liked. He pushed me aside easily and opened the door quickly before I could stop him. I braced myself for what I felt was his inevitable demise by the thing that screams in the night and time moved painfully slow. Wayne shouted, Anyone out there? And the words seemed to be swallowed by the silence of the mountain. I listened, fully expecting someone to come rushing down the hillside to our dark front porch. After a few seconds without a response, Wayne shut the door again. See? Nothing to be afraid of, Tina. It's getting late and Dad said it's time for you to get your bath. I had just heard some kind of cry from hell and Wayne was talking to me about something as mundane as bath time. What was going on in this house? Was this how it was going to be living here? Something hellish? Some kind of game of cat and mouse between me and this land? Start to feel that way. Did you hear me? Bath time. Get. Wayne pulled my hand and nudged me through the living room. I walked in the direction of the bathroom, going through the motions of getting ready for bed. I felt hollow. The fear had drained from me, but I was left with so many questions. I passed Daddy in the hallway, and he tussled my hair. Outside, checking on the place after Mama left, he said as he adjusted his flannel robe, tightening the belt. He had just finished showering and was heading for the kitchen to this for a snack. I didn't look at him as I said, something like that. I went to take the warmest bath possible to quell the chill that had settled in my spine. I never told Daddy about what I heard that first night. I was feeling a little defeated as I prepared for bed. The house felt cold again in spite of the hum of the furnace vent in the hallway. I put on my pajamas mechanically and joined my little sister in our room. She was already sleeping by the time I crawled into the bed beside her. Daddy walked by the doorway on the far right and said, Good night, my little teeny tiny. This was his nickname he'd been calling me all my short life. Usually it made me feel warm and special, but tonight even that familiar phrase didn't reach me. Dad seemed to realize something was wrong when I didn't beam up at him and said, You feeling okay, Tina? I shook my head, looking over at him so big and strong in the doorway. Surely nothing could get past my bear of a daddy. Some of the fear loosened in my chest. Daddy would never let anything happen to us, and he was just across the hallway. I could do this. I'm just tired. But Daddy... Can we sleep with the light on tonight? He smiled knowingly and said, Of course, honey. I'll be just across the hall if you need me. With that, he ventured onto his bedroom. I lay there for several minutes before sleep pulled on my increasingly heavy brows. Tomorrow would be better. 
I was just tired. Tomorrow, things would be much better. And with that thought, I drifted off to sleep, the memory of that scream infiltrating my dreams and robbing me of true rest. I dreamed of a house on a hill with two bay windows like eyes, with a great yawning front porch for a mouth and crouching beside the side of the house where the front door was, the wraith-like appearance of a woman in gossamer white, a Cheshire cat grin and empty black eyes smiling gleefully with jagged sharp teeth reaching for my brother as he looked fearlessly out the front door. She had claws for hands and tapped and scratched them across the wood slowly. It was just a dream, but it felt so real. What was going to happen next? through another episode of This House is Haunted, my true life retelling of living in a haunted house for two years as a child in eastern Kentucky. I gotta be honest with y'all, I've been getting pretty spooked lately reliving some of this stuff that I had pushed back to the back of my mind for the last several years, and I haven't set foot in that house since we sold it. Oh gosh, it's been over 20 years ago. There's an interesting story about that too, but I digress. I also wanted to let y'all know that I have added a Facebook page and do plan on adding an Instagram sometime later this weekend so that I have an opportunity to chat with you guys about any stories you have or any questions you might have about the podcast that I'm sharing. And I'll also be sharing some photos maybe of the house um, that my mom's going to be able to dig up for me. I don't have any of those. We've lived through a couple of house fires as well, so I won't even, that's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, But I just want to thank you guys for taking the opportunity to listen and come back. And I'll be posting another episode next Friday before 8 p.m. That's the goal. Maybe a little sooner. Who knows? And until then. Don't go chasing anything you hear in the night. Good night, creeps.